check, check. One, two, check. Mic's on. From the world of education to you, my name is Dr. A. Our show is all about finding your voice by connecting our community through collaboration. All right, well, welcome back. Here's, here we are at another uh, juncture. We are at episode 13, and I have the dubious honor of having uh, Mr. Glenn Hancock uh, with us. Welcome, Glenn. How are you, sir? Uh, doing great. Uh, enjoying, uh, enjoying the weather right now. Well, today it is um, actually what Wednesday, um, April eighth, and it is about eighty something degrees outside. So it feels we got to finish up with this and maybe get out and do some yard work later, huh? Yeah, I'm trying to cut back on the yard work, but maybe uh, hopefully <laughs> a game of basketball or some soccer in the side yard. But uh, we'll leave the yard work for later. I hey, think it's uh, too warm for that. Today. I happened to stop by your house the other day and and. Uh, drop off a, 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 a instrument right and uh there was ryan out there playing basketball so it was cool to see him i mean he was funny though because i handed it to him and it, i mean we're all practicing the social distancing and and uh i don't know if he was weirded out by seeing me but i just thought it was cool that that uh, he was outside playing and, and it was good to see so I, i'm glad your kids are outside playing because they should be we're, we're trying to keep them active trying to keep me active too uh out there and playing but uh he was excited to see you i think he was uh, i don't think he knew that you were coming to drop it off <laughs> yeah so he's weirded out i get it yeah <laughs> hey so um tell me again what is your title so our listeners know yeah uh title is director of research evaluation and assessment okay so let me ask you this how long have you been teaching how long have you been in education uh, i've been in education gosh uh 19 years, uh, and before that, spent a little time in our district as a computer support specialist. Yes, yeah, so, so Rockwood for about 22 years. So, as you started into education and being in the classroom, um, did you ever uh, see yourself in the position you're in now? No, honestly, uh, uh, no. I always, always enjoy working with students. Uh, always enjoyed coaching, and always felt like you know that's. Just, what I was going to leave and um, have a gymnasium named after me, right, and all that kind of stuff. We um, can still do you know. that. <laughs> so, no, I never really uh, thought that this was uh, this was in the cards. Um, and uh, But, you know, opportunities open up and take advantage of them uh, when they arise. Yeah, so it's been kind of cool because when you first stepped out of the classroom, what was that first position that you were in? You know, uh, first moving out of the classroom was uh, a data analyst uh, position. So that was uh, really working with all of our test scores and then sharing those results with principals, staff members on where on where our district was, where the school was, areas that they might want to look at uh, for improvement, celebrating some successes. And so data analyst was that first role outside of the classroom. So I got I to ask you, though, before you tell me how you moved on to where you are now, um, what was the draw for you in terms of leaving the classroom? Because I think that's something that a lot of us who are in education um, struggle with in terms of leaving the classroom and then going on to something else. What what was pulling you to the data, data analyst position? Yeah, uh, you know, at the time, there was a lot of talk about data-driven instruction and there, there was even then there was a lot of data out there, but there wasn't really a good way of organizing or helping uh, better a practice necessarily. It was just a lot of data. You need to use data, not a lot of support around that. And 
really felt that between my background with uh, teaching computer science and math, that uh, I could help design and create things that would help make the data easily um, understood, uh, usable for staff, students, you know, parents. And uh, that was kind of the thing that drew me to that position was the opportunity to create something that will help uh, a lot of people and understand things that, you know, in a direction things are moving towards and become a little more familiar and better with it. And really, so when you were in that position, there was a lot of stuff that was first opened up by you in a sense. Like you, you, you started scratching into things that hadn't been done before. Like, can you give us an example of something that was created from the ground up um, in terms of the district uh, data? Yeah, yeah. So uh, we we had a great team. Um, we started with uh, so at the time our our boss was Jeff Poles, and uh, worked with Brian Coop was with us, and um, we were kind of the ones that started working on a, a data warehouse type model along with our information information systems team. And the current data wise that is out there now uh, really started its uh, beginnings uh, probably about nine years ago with a bunch of Excel files and an Access database. <laughs> Um, to try and create really bogged reports. down, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, we ran real slow. It yeah. Took a lot of time to get reports done. And so you've learned quite a bit, though, in in just a few short years, in terms. Of, and I, I'm sure software has really greatly improved too um, since you first started. But uh, what's what's really been cool from a building perspective as a as an administrator is. You know, a lot of times, like when I look at numbers, I, I start to get fuzzy and start to, to really want to fall asleep sometimes because, you know, it, it is. It's just numbers. And I like to look at people and I like to be able to attach those numbers to people. And that's the thing I think that you guys have been able to do within your department now is, you know, be able to actually put faces to some of these names. And, and, and just the way, you know, whether you're talking the Rainbow Report or you're talking um, just making the map data a little more digestible uh, from the, the state level to us, um, there's been a lot of cool things that you guys have done. Um, what do you think is, is on the horizon? Before you answer that, though, how did you get into the position you're in now? So you did the data oh. analyst thing, so then what? Yeah, I did data analyst uh, work, and then, again, still wanted to do more with the computer science, and uh, STEM was a, a big buzzword out there at that time, and so it took a year. Uh, I was a STEM coordinator, and during that time of leaving data analyst become a STEM coordinator, our boss at the time, Jeff Poles, uh, took a position in a different district, and that opened up that current position, and I loved what I was doing with STEM, and uh, I knew there were several people that could continue on with the work that we were doing in STEM, but in terms of working with the data and the things that we had started in our, our data department, uh, was really excited about getting back there and helping finish some of that work and leading some of those those projects and um, opportunities to again, as you're mentioning, you know, really put some faces with the data that it's just not numbers that you know there's things there's there's people and feelings behind the, the information and, and we really want to make it more useful for everybody so that's kind of the, the leap that i made over into the current role as uh director of research evaluation and stuff. yeah and then um i was going to follow up and now i forgot my question but uh but basically i i kind of wanted to know too because now we're in this time of uh where they've they've said no to our statewide testing um and, and you're like ah oh, they canceled my super bowl um, and you joke a little bit, but it's tough when you when you know that that's a chunk of your work that really is so meaningful. And, and then you think, well, what is that going to look like in the fall? Right. Um, yeah. These kind of things. So what do you what do you see 
now, now that we're in this, so you and I have been doing Zoom meetings. Um, I'm sure you're doing quite a few more than I am. I'm no, I know that we are meeting as a building with our team of teachers uh, quite a bit. Uh, we're trying to keep things as normal as possible in that regard, just staying up on things. But I know, like, for you, you've been in all kinds of different discussions, and especially last week with the grading discussion. And I really want to tell you how much I appreciate just you guys taking the time like that and building a, that consortium of, of uh, teachers to have in there for that conversation to make sure all of us were on the same page moving forward. Now, I know it's not uh, exactly what every person wants, but, uh, you know, this is a, a difficult time, and it, it calls for some kind of drastic measures are you feeling pretty good about the outcome of, of where we are uh, heading with the grading policy in, in, in that regard? Yeah, you know, um, really do. And, and we're, we're so thankful that so many teachers, principals took the time to, to come to those meetings, to give us some feedback and really help us create a, a solution that uh, can work for the, you know, the last eight weeks of, of a semester. Uh, so, so far it's been a lot of positive feedback. Um, the one part that we've always tried to weigh in there was, you know, we, we don't want to cause harm or, you know, penalize students for things outside their control. And at the same time, uh, how do we help encourage students to continue doing their work? And uh, that was a tough balance to arrive at, but I think we arrived at a place that uh, seems to meet a lot of the needs that are out there. And, uh, you know, we're still getting questions. And, um, work with the grading policy, but so far it's been uh, pretty well received in a lot of places. Yeah, so being such a huge district, you know, I think that's one of the things that is so hard to navigate. You know, we've got so many people from so many different places, whether we're talking uh, K through 6 or we're talk- or K through 5 or we're talking the middle school level or we're talking the high school level. Um, just the, the, the sheer landscape of where everybody comes from, um, this is an expansive district. So to be able to get everybody kind of on the same page, it's nearly impossible to do. You know, you, you want to be able to um, do the best at, at trying to make sure everybody is at a, at a decent spot. And I think that's one thing that, that I've learned watching the way um, district officials have gone about things is it's really about working together and trying to find out what's the best solution. There's no top down, here's what we're doing, and, and now you guys go do it. It's really truly a collaboration. And that's one of the things that's been kind of, you know, you, I'm constantly looking for silver linings through all of this. You know, what, what, is, what good's going to come out of this? And, and have you been able to see anything um, in these first few weeks that, uh, have made you proud or have made you think differently in terms of the, the way in which we deliver education um, and instruction? Um, anything that, you know, you want to share in terms of just how this has gone for you personally, both as a parent and, and as a, uh, an educator? Yeah. The, you know, to be, when this started, uh, a group of us uh, at, um, at the Annex, cross team that involves uh, curriculum and data analysts and um, instructional technology uh, came together to put on a, a virtual conference in a day. We literally had a data plan and then a data executed. And the feedback we received was was great. And just seeing the, the power of everybody working together, just what they could achieve and really what's what we really can do. It, it was really, really impressive. And the number of, um, the number of teachers that were attending these sessions and 
uh, immediately putting these new practices to use to help them in this remote setting uh, was just, it was phenomenal. It was amazing just to watch uh, the new learning being used <laughs> immediately and so much new learning, um, again, to function in this remote atmosphere. The other, the other thing I think, um, the other thing I find interesting, I think will change over time is, you know, you mentioned the map testing being a Super Bowl and while it happens to be a Super Bowl in terms of activities, it's not one that we all, all enjoy necessarily um, because we, we, you know, while it gives us data, I don't know that it gives us the, the best data that we can use to help make, you know, academic or any type of decisions, but, you know, it's one measure um, that we have to use. And I, I'm excited to see that we'll hopefully start looking at other ways that we know schools are working, that schools are, that students are being successful, that it's not just a map test that'll do this, that, you know what, we need to broaden our measures here and look at other other qualities and characteristics that really help us understand how students are doing in school and how schools are doing. Um, and then where, do, where, where can we help them improve at? So that's what I'm really excited about is the, maybe there's a little bit of, uh, you know, maybe we don't need this big type of state testing like we're doing. Maybe there's other ways to determine the amount of knowledge and then learning that has occurred where students are at. So that's another thing I'm hoping will come from this. Yeah. So um, as we talk a little bit about, changes you know this has really forced everybody's hand um in terms of anyone that that might not have gotten on canvas anyone who might not have gotten on google classroom now understands the reasons why um maybe we were pushed or maybe we were asked um to to get in and and start learning that stuff sooner rather than later um do you i mean i i look at the way things were before we all had to stay home. And, and then I think about what is it going to look like? Because whether we come back uh, this year or whether we come back in the fall, things are going to be different, right? Because um, now we know that instructional delivery can happen pretty much anywhere, right? It doesn't have to be in, in the brick-and-mortar building. Do you think that we will start to see some changes taking place because we're already seeing the distance learning with launch. Let's just use that for an example. Um, being something that kids, I mean, those kids that are taking those courses haven't missed a beat because they, that's what they've been doing. So this was no different for them. Is it the best form of delivery? Not necessarily, not for every kid. Um, and I think, uh, I don't know, it's just been kind of cool to think about what are the possibilities now? And I think people, especially teachers, are realizing um, kind of the flexibility that comes with this kind of thing. Because one of the things that I've noticed in talking to the team of teachers is, hey, you know, give me, give me one good thing about all of this, that, that you know, staying at home, having to, to work your classroom virtually, um, give me one good thing. And, and uh, what I hear most uh, about everything is the, the flexibility piece, you know, that now I'm not stuck to um, getting up at a certain time every day, and um, I do have other things to balance. So, how do you be a prognosticator, Mr. Glenn? How do how do we? What do you think is going to start happening down the road? Because in our lifetime, we're probably going to see a change take place within the traditional way school has been delivered. Yeah. Um, gosh, I think I'm kind of in two boats. I think. The, uh, on one hand, I think that schools will still, brick and mortar schools will still be 
bad, sorely needed. Well, they're, um, they're necessary. Because the socialization of things is really what school is about, right? The socialization of people. Um, I think that's one of the most important things that we're trying to, I mean, that's our number one um, pillar there for maintaining relationships during this time, right? Yep. So I I think that will always be there. And and what I think will change, though, is, you know, and we've had many uh, scheduling conversations within our district about what a school day looks like. I think this opens up maybe more eyes on, be more flexible within the outliner schedule within the school day that we school that you know maybe maybe the you know four blocks we have in a day can be split up a little differently maybe you know i'm now focusing on my essential course outcomes maybe there is maybe i can pare some things down a little bit more in terms of my my courses and um get right to the meat of it and spend more time on those essential course outcomes uh to get, offer more flexible opportunities in different areas. So I think during the school day at schools where we'll see a little bit of a change, especially in elementary and middle. Uh, at high school, that's the other side where I can see more online opportunities possibly you know, taking off that because they have that flexibility. And uh, sports is also a big um, activity hobby that uh, folks are interested in and uh, that frees up times for their sports schedules or, um, you know, training and they can, uh, train when it's cooler out, you know, in the fall, we have a big problem with heat and, uh, in the spring, we have a big problem with rain. So, you know, it allows you to flex your time around the weather and the, and such. So I think there's just, it opens up, like you mentioned, a lot of flexible opportunities. Um, what I'm excited about is hopefully seeing just how does that help us and, uh, how does it encourage us to think about our daily schedule maybe a little bit differently, uh, as we, start to meet student needs yeah so let's switch uh, gears for a minute and, and turn into parents right so um i've got one in in second grade i've got one in eighth grade and i've got one in 11th grade so it's really kind of cool for me because i get to see how everything is kind of unfolding for each of them at the different levels um and i feel pretty good about it i feel like the kids are are, are handling it fairly well um, and it's funny because you really get to see the personalities of your kids and how they really react to something like this. Are your kids handling it okay? Yeah, you know, um, gosh, uh, okay is, uh, you know. <laughs> well, I'm not going to say they're like gangbusters over here. I mean, uh, anyway, I could, I could yeah. go on. But, you know, I mean, the junior, he wants to make sure he's maintaining his grade, you know, and, and doing well. Um, the eighth grader is kind of like, I'm going to miss out on some things. And then the second grader, I think it's more about being able to zoom once in a while with her, with her Mm -hmm. classmates so she can see them. So your kiddos are are at the end of elementary and right in the the heart of middle school. They doing all right. Yeah. So our fifth grader is, is doing well. I think, you know, like you said, he enjoys the, the contact with the zoom and, and chatting in there. Uh, he's missing his buddies. He's missing yeah. hanging out. Uh, you know, our our fifth grader is uh, he's a people person. Yeah, he's being around <laughs> people, and um, even if he knows the answers to the question, he just wants to ask a question anyways to get in and talk. Yeah, so uh, he's missing that uh, aspect of things, and you know, both are really involved in sports and missing you know the after school type of fun right. that they normally do. Are right. they so seventh grader? Yeah, now. yeah. Go ahead. 
going to say our seventh grader is, uh, you know, he, he's trying to stay on top of his studies as well and enjoying, um, enjoying the flexibility and a little bit of the freedom of sleeping in a little bit later, going to bed a little later. I think he also misses that contact of his, of his friends at school. And, uh, you know, I think for us, so some days are, some days are better than others, um, in terms of some excitement and then, uh, what can we do around the house to try and, uh, create some of that artificial excitement. Yeah, right. I mean, that's kind of the most difficult thing is how do you turn your home space into a school space that, uh, so that they can kind of switch their mindset and and start thinking, okay, I see what we're doing here. I will tell you, we are really learning landscaping over here in the Anselmo house. So the boys are, will be helping later today with some of that stuff. Uh, I don't know if, I don't know if your boys are doing any uh, mowing of the lawn yet, but uh, my eighth grader, he's learning quick. Learning quick. No, we, uh, we did the car cleaning and car washing. Oh, there you go. So that was, uh, that was a new adventure. So uh, I'm going to turn the tables and ask yeah, you a quick please question. Do. Uh, as a parent, what what would you want the Rockwood School District asking you about their experience with this alternative learning plan? What feedback would you want to give the district? Let's say I was going to create a survey. Yeah. So oh oh, I wonder. Um, so you know, and and I, I do have the three different levels to kind of see from in terms of the kids. Um, uh-huh. I think. One of the things I've noticed with our oldest is um, I feel like he, he's already going to get after it. You know, he wants to make sure he's on top of it. Um, and what's been cool to see is that um, there have been a number of live Zoom uh, instructional periods that the high school teachers are doing. And I think that is really important in terms of, uh, you know, being able to ask those questions, um, as needed, even, even if it's not a live zoom session, just kind of going through and hearing the teacher be able to present the information. I'm thinking math mostly, you know, that's been the thing that I've really kind of seen him do quite a bit. Um, and then as far as the middle school is concerned, um, I think it's it's really kind of up to the kid in our building. You know, our teachers basically have their office hours and some of them are doing some live uh, classes. Some are just holding some Zoom question and answer kind of things. Um, it's really kind of up to the kid, though, to kind of step out and, and ask the questions if needed. You know, Dom does a, a decent job when, in school, but he's not going to he's not going to get after it like his older brother is. And then I would say in terms of uh, our youngest you know, from when what I when I see her most excited is when she's actually able to see her friends from the classroom, and so even and that's something that I've heard from the middle school teachers is you know the kids will get together and they won't necessarily want to talk about school they just want to be in the same space with each other, and uh, one of our sixth grade teachers was like yeah this one kid he was just looking off to the side, probably playing Fortnite while we were all doing a Zoom. And uh, he was the one saying, hey, can we stay on for 10 more minutes? Because, you know, I think the kids just want to have this. So if we can continue to kind of push on the idea of uh, offering and maintaining the relationship piece, um, in terms of asking a question of a parent, I would just say, you know, what is something that you wish was different and what is something that you um, want us to continue to do? So I, I would say just a continue start stop kind of survey, really, you know, um, this is going to be an ever evolving thing between now and whenever. So uh, whatever we can do to help our parents uh, feel 
like like we are trying to um, uh, modify for them and their families, I think it, it really does help us. Um, and then just that technology piece. You know, I don't know if there's a way to try and help our parents uh, have a better understanding of how to, because I've gotten a few phone calls about uh, Chromebooks and when I say phone calls, usually um, it's emails that are coming in, but uh, wanting to know uh, exactly how to maybe get some of that stuff figured out. But I feel like, you know, I'm starting to hear the kiddos needed the Wi-Fi hotspots are getting them now, and so we're starting to kind of tackle that. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I would just ask parents, you know, what's good, what's something you want us to stop, and, and what's something that we should continue to do so or change. I like all those. That's a... Uh... That's a really good, um, it's a really good approach. I think that'll that'll help, and uh, we really want to make sure that uh, parents uh, we're we're getting the, the voice from the parents because we know that there's different experiences out there, just kind of like as we're sharing back. Yeah, well, just, you know, one of the things that we're hearing when we're talking to the the teachers is a lot of times, you know, they're not being able to contact. Uh, maybe they're maybe a student hasn't you know turned in any work yet, or maybe a student. Um, hasn't been doing as much as they would normally do if they were in the building. Um, and and I think it's just important for our teachers, too, to recognize that it's okay. Go ahead and, and email mom or dad or even give them a call, you know. And I think one of the things that I'm excited for from this is the opportunity to kind of break down um, some of the, the scariness that goes into building relationships. I feel like, you know, we have a lot of teachers who do great in the classroom, and they'll be the first ones to tell you, I love talking in front of kids, but if you put me in front of adults, no way. Um, and I think we're starting to see how, you know, you're forced into this. You know, you're forced into having these conversations, and hopefully people are giving each other grace and, and understanding that it's not going to be perfect, but... Uh, yeah, I think just uh, continuing to ask the questions of what can we do better, you know, or, or what uh, what is just not working for you, that kind of stuff. But, hey, so thank you, um, thank you for, for changing it up on me. But, uh, you know, this is my show. Uh, <laughs> hey, but before we, we get going, what are um, uh, what are some things? Let me ask you as a parent of a middle school student at Selvage. Um, you know, what are some things that, that you maybe are working for you? What are some things that maybe uh, you would like to see us do differently or, or try and change up? Anything that, that's come to mind up to this point? You know, so far, it's been really good. The um, As you mentioned, the teachers all have their office hours. Ryan has a, a chart of all their office hours and uh, the methods in which they'll get their assignments uh, from each teacher. So he has it organized pretty well of who he can go to when and where to get all their assignments that he needs so that's been real positive and he's really enjoyed the flexibility to email teachers kind of as a needed basis um also i think uh mr taft got even reached out yeah. um some students to check on them and how they're doing so that's been a real positive so uh, right now it's been a real real plus and uh with the addition of being able to use Infinite Campus again to put things in as incomplete. If students aren't doing them, we'll be able to kind of help monitor and work with Ryan and then encourage them to, if you have an incomplete, reach out to your teacher and see, you know, why do you have the incomplete? What do you need to do to finish this? So I think there's a good communication system now set up in a place that you can continue to get help. All right. Well, you know, reach out to me if you need something on that level. But uh, you, you got some good kids. So, well, at least the one I know. 
Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so uh, I want to I ask you, though, uh, one last question. Um, so all of our can- calendars have basically been uh, uh, cleared, right? Um, any kind of social event that we may have had in the uh, future planned. Did you have anything that, that you were really looking forward to during the time that we haven't been able to uh, be together, whether it's a sporting event with your kids or it's a, uh, maybe a concert or something like that, that that you had on the calendar, maybe a blues game or something like that? Yeah, we had a couple blues games, right, on the uh, calendar to go to. Obviously, we were missing the playoffs right, right now, probably. Um, and then uh, there's a couple things in June, so we're keeping our fingers crossed that June and July hold out. So uh, a little Molly Crew concert to go to. Oh, there you go. They haven't made that cancellation announcement yet, so uh, plenty of uh, That's plenty at the end of June, isn't it? Is it the end of June? There's one in June. We're going to actually go to the one in Texas. Uh, oh, okay. In Look at you. And so we're yeah, you taking so the kids? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they might sit this one out. Yeah, that's probably a good idea. Go get the podcast version. Yeah, there you go. Hey, listen, I really appreciate you taking some time to just kind of sit and chat with me and help us understand a little bit more about what we're doing during this time. Um, and, and Glenn, I always appreciate you not only as a professional but as a friend. So uh, thanks for taking the time today. You know how to uh, send us out? Do you know what the tagline is? I don't know how to send us out. All right, I have to tell you. Well, since it's Mike's on, the tagline is, what's the option? Oh, look at you. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. Thank you. All right. Thanks, buddy. Join us in the weeks to come as we learn and grow together.